Rev up your thrills this summer at Cedar Point on the all-new Top Thrill 2. Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch vertical speedway. And it's your last chance to get more fun for less with our limited-time bundle for just $49.99. Get admission, parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because this limited-time bundle ends June 30th. Save now at cedarpoint.com. Do you want to set your child up for success? Is tutoring out of your budget, or perhaps you're someone like me who just wants to save money on private tutoring? Is this a big school year for your child? You know, maybe they're starting kindergarten or middle school. Maybe there's another milestone coming up. Or maybe your family moved. Oh my gosh, I moved so much when I was growing up. And the kids are starting a new school. Or maybe your child is ahead and just not getting challenged enough in class. Well, IXL Learning is here to help. IXL Learning is a fun online learning program for kids covering math, language, arts, science, and social studies. It's powered by advanced algorithms. IXL gives the right help to each kid, no matter the age or the personality. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. That's right. It is school approved. So make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And how to be fine listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com slash fine. Visit IXL.com slash fine to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Again, that's IXL.com slash fine. Hey, by the book listeners, Kristen here. Did you know that you can receive a weekly by the book affirmation mini-sode plus the rules of every book that we've lived by? It's easy. All you have to do is become a member of our Patreon community. To learn more, go to patreon.com slash listen to buy the book. Again, that's patreon.com slash listen to buy the book, or just look at the episode description from today's show. The following podcast contains barnyard language and some adult content. So, maybe listen on headphones if you're at work or around small children. Now, here's the show. Hey, Jolenta. Yes, Kristen. It has been one week since, oh, I can't remember. What was it? Oh, it's been one week since we lived by the art of making memories. Mm -hmm. And you know what that means. Uh, It's time for another By the Book mini episode. That's right. It's time for another By the Book epilogue. This week, we're looking at the aftermath of living by the art of making memories, how to create and remember happy moments by Mike Viking. Yep, yep, yep. And let's start how we always love to start these mini episodes. Let's hear from some of y'all who liked the book. Yes. Alexandra says, reading this book was amazingly validating, especially all the studies that supported beliefs I've held for years, like the importance of being present and not multitasking to make memories, how struggle can make a memory richer and more rewarding, and most importantly, that mementos, 
e.g. printed photographs, act like the key to a time machine, sparking a memory every time you see it. And Alexandra was not the only person who loved this book. John wrote in to say, I know this book was written pre-pandemic, but the subject matter is even more relevant now with the mental effects of pandemic life. Also, Mike Biking's writing style is very much like having a conversation with a good friend that goes well into the night. I love that, John, especially because a lot of us during the pandemic have felt isolated. And and I agree with you. I think his writing style is like having a good friend there in the room with you. At least it was for me. Also, I don't know if we mentioned it in the original episode, but not only is he really conversational, but he includes like stories with actual photographs of things yes, that he did. Yes, that is and, true. And his own mementos. So yeah, it can actually feel like sitting down with a friend and they're like, oh, let me show you these vacation photos. Oh my God, let me tell you the story of this one thing I did that was so terrible. You yeah. know, he, he definitely does that in the book. Now, some of you haven't read the book yet, but already happen to be living by some of its advice, which I always love when that happens. Um, Amber says, I love the idea of making choices that help create memorable moments. My Instagram handle, do it for the sitcom, is actually inspired by that. In college, I started making decisions for the sitcom. In other words, decisions that a character on a sitcom would make that would, at the very least, lead to a funny story. And it helped me create so many memories from solo adventures to ones with people I love. Oh my gosh, Amber, I love this so much. It's taking what Mike Viking says in the book. One thing he says is, what are you most likely to remember and yeah. create a story about? A memory that you'll think of 10 years from now. What is most likely to lead to that 10-year memory? And you're absolutely doing it, and you're doing it with a great sense of humor. I love this idea. I, I think I'm going to have to steal this. I know. I was like, also, I feel like this is very Kristen. Because <laughs> Kristen's always making that extreme choice that you're like, no one has done this except like Carlton from Fresh Prince. But somehow Kristen's doing it. <laughs> and this all makes sense now that Amber has, has posited this for the sitcom theory. Thank you, Amber. Yes. Karen says... I agree with the idea that being intentional helps. In my case, I like to think about something I've done that was fun. Next, I ask myself, is there a way to make it a ritual and do it each holiday season or each birthday or each time a kid turns 10 or 16? Those rituals become such wonderful memories. Yes, Karen, this is a great idea. What actually was fun that you did in the past? How can you start making that? A more regular thing. Yeah. How can you fold that into like, oh, every morning or like at the beginning of each month or like for everyone's birthday? Like, love it. Yeah. The monumental birthday one is really fun for me because I think about one mm. of the monumental birthdays I had. A friend who had a really great insider hookup got me and like 20 friends into the medieval times. Oh, nice. For an all-expense-paid event for my birthday where I got knighted and they made announcements for me. Wow, so, wow, wow. Um, I have thought since then, I'm like, oh, the next time I have a big monumental birthday, maybe I should find another version of a ridiculous dining experience. Right, right. Or dinner theater experience. And um, yeah, that's a great idea, Karen. I'm going to look back at some of those big events I had and how I can make it a more regular thing. That's so much fun. 
Brandy writes in to say, I embrace the concept of peak and end memory. We remember the peak moments of events and the end of things, which is why you get a lollipop after a doctor's visit and a sticker after you vote and a thumbs up at the end of most workout apps. So I try to build a peak and end plan into most things. Ah, Brandy, Mm, just like Mike Viking says to do. Yes, he does. And this also translates into um, the stand-up comedy world, which is the most most memorable spots are technically just at the top and bottom of a show. People tend to remember like the peak or like the beginning, and they remember the end. Yeah, so you can just bomb in the middle. Yeah, if you want (laughs) to like try out some new stuff, go in the middle. Yeah, you'll you'll get a good gauge for what's working, and people won't remember if you sucked as much. Tamara says, I agree that mementos matter and am pretty much the family keeper of quote unquote the things. (laughs) I love that I have little pieces of our parents, grandparents, aunts, cousins just everywhere. I am looking at a painting by my mom's cousin in my dining room as I type this. I have dolls my grandmother gave me. I have the cowbell and sleigh bells that were my grandfather's when he was a young man in Italy that his sisters hid from Mussolini as he gathered up all the metal for the war. I also have all the photographs. Ours, our parents, my husband's, my husband's aunts, my grandparents, way too much. I'm going to work through those now that we've retired. I told my kids that I would make a list of things they need to figure out how to keep. It won't be extensive, but I've promised to haunt them if they don't keep the very special items. I love a good promise of a haunt. I love it. (laughs) I love it. And I love that you uh, have like mementos that are sort of highlighted as important like for the rest of your family. I wish family would do that more often. Being like, hey, I have all the stuff, like go nuts, as opposed to I have all the stuff. Here are some like very important pieces that mean a lot to the family or myself that like I think should be carried on. Like what a gift and what a gift to threaten to haunt people. <laughs> Love it. It reminds me of the art of dying well and the gentle art of Swedish death cleaning that we live by, Jolenta, where we actually don't want to just leave people with all of those piles of things. Tamara, you say you have many, many piles of things, too much stuff. Right. But to actually have instructions, like it's okay if you donate 90% of this to charity, but just these items, here's why they're important to keep. Please treasure them. That way nobody is just left thinking, oh my God, do I have to keep 800 boxes of this one kind of knickknack and Mm -hmm. then 1,200 boxes of these kinds of photos? Maybe you don't need to. Maybe it's just the ones that you laid out for them. Uh, or haunting will ensue. Obviously. <laughs> um, Liz wrote in to say, A few years ago, I started collecting Christmas ornaments on our travels. They're small, and you only touch them twice a year, unless you never take your tree down. And think- Hold on, was that a jab at me? <laughs> Probably. Um <laughs> And you get to think about those memories. It works better for me than something on a shelf year-round, which can blend into the background. Liz, I love the subtle dig at Kristen. (laughs) I don't know if we've talked about this enough recently, but Kristen has a little sort of white tinsel-looking Christmas tree in the corner of our studio that is up year-round. And there are ornaments on it. It's not like it's just like Mm -hmm. sort of a white tree on the off-season. No. 24-7, 365. 
<laughs> um, but yeah, I agree. Um, I like pulling things out once in a while. I don't know if you guys follow our Instagram, but I pulled out my Polly Pocket collection the other night and popped Yay. a few photos up. And yeah, I don't have them on display, but every once in a while, I'll find a good excuse to break them out, like because my sister-in-law wants to see him or because they need a photo shoot and it's fun and special. I think if they were out all the time, a la my princess die bear, they would sort of blend into the background like she does once in a while. Princess Di does not ever blend into the background, Jolanda. No, I mean, I look at her and like say hi to her every day. My, you know, you know what I'm talking about, the beanie baby. Oh, I know what you're okay, talking about. Right, yes. yeah. I'm very aware of it. Yeah. Um, but moving on, let's move on. Yes, a few of you have mixed feelings about some of the book's advice. That's true. Elise, for example, does not want to stockpile her home with mementos. She says, Growing up, I was the sort of person who would attach myself to objects and had trouble getting rid of clutter that had any kind of nostalgic value. After renting a bunch of houses in my 20s and now a small townhouse, it's just not possible to hold on to everything. Sure, I hold on to some nostalgic items, but I've had to retrain my brain to realize that objects are objects, not a reflection of how much you care about a time, place, or person. Memories can last even if you can't hold on to all mementos. Yes. Very true. Elise, that is much more the Marie Kondo point of view, right? Mm -hmm. you, you don't need all the mementos, maybe just a few that spark joy, yeah. right? Um, because the mementos can sometimes become a little bit much in some cases. They can become overpowering. Yeah, especially those of us who, like Jolenta, you and I, live in Brooklyn apartments. We don't live in giant McMansions. <laughs> There's just not room right. for all of them. Yeah. Right. And I, I would say, Jolenta, based on your personality and mine, even if we did live in like big McMansions, we probably would not want to pack every square inch with stuff. No. We just wouldn't want to. No. Because who wants to dust that crap? No one. No one. No one. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't. No. And Dean, who is, let's be real, the housekeeper right. in our Dean house. Right. Dean doesn't want to either. He doesn't want to. Yeah. <laughs> And another person who thought maybe some of the advice, you know, she could take or leave was Susan. Susan says she doesn't necessarily think the journey is more fun than the destination in her experience. Mm. She wrote, I took my son to his first travel hockey tournament last February in New York and then to his second one in New Jersey last month. He's been doing special needs hockey for 15 years, but traveling to tournaments always felt too difficult until recently. To be honest, it has been so hard to enjoy the driving journey, but I try to fake it for my son's sake. If he sees my anxiety, he gets anxious too. I can't do books on tape because my son can't follow them. But asking him to put in CDs that we both enjoy, like Broadway tunes, and taking photos at rest stops of things he finds interesting does add a tiny bit of momentary joy. But Looking back later at the photos is fun because we made it to our destination safely and my anxiety is gone. Yeah. The journey is not always fun. Let's be <laughs> honest. Sometimes it's a really long car ride that, you know, yeah. only the Wicked soundtrack can make better. That doesn't mean it's like <laughs> the best journey ever. It's just a journey you got through to get someplace that was worthwhile. Yeah, I totally, I totally agree with this. As someone who hates the act of traveling not mm. going i don't hate places once i get there i just hate getting there like yeah sometimes the journey is just a shitty grin and bear it 
type of situation. And it's worth it only for the destination. And yeah, you can look back and mostly you just feel relief, not like, wait, that was the best part. (laughs) I loved when we were stuck behind that tractor trailer for six hours and crammed in where I couldn't see any of my blind spots. Right. That was the best part. I loved being on the tarmac for six hours without being able to stand up before they made us go back to the gate. (laughs) Like, what? No, you didn't. And And it probably didn't enrich your life that much. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I really loved it when I was on that little tour bus that had no toilet, and I almost pooped my pants. Oh, oh what so great, a wonderful journey. So good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a quick break. Don't poop your pants. Um, I'm sorry, I had to- <laughs> Unless you're into it. Seriously, we're all different, right? We're going to take a quick break, uh, and when we come back, we'll hear feedback you all had about how we lived by the art of making memories. Rev up your thrills this summer at Cedar Point on the all-new Top Thrill 2. Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch vertical speedway. And it's your last chance to get more fun for less with our limited-time bundle for just $49.99. Get admission, parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because this limited-time bundle ends June 30th. Save now at cedarpoint.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, we are back, and we have listener comments about the art of making memories, and now we're going to get to some specific feedback for the two of us, namely you first, Kristen. Uh, All right. This one is from Alexandra, who says, Kristen, I have a suggestion for you when it comes to family get-togethers that you also want to be present for. Get a film camera. I shoot exclusively on film for many reasons, but when it comes to documenting my own family, I choose film specifically for the memory-making advantages. With a film camera, you have no more than 36 frames on a roll. This means you won't be behind the camera the whole time. You'll only click the shutter for the really meaningful moments. You won't be buried in the digital overwhelm of hundreds of shots from the one day. Plus, it's a conversation starter and can be a memory booster for other people. Can't tell you how often people comment on my camera, which can make the event more memorable for them. But best of all is scan day. The day you get your scans from your lab is usually two to four weeks after the fact, and you get to relive the day all over again using another of Mike's tricks. Repetition with breaks in between. Happy shooting. You know, the picking up the film thing, Jolenta, mm-hmm. you and I are old enough to remember when we all did I that. I loved oh getting pictures back. So I loved fun. for it. Ugh. One thing that I would do just because, I don't know, I was 
both a procrastinator and because I love anticipation, was I would sometimes wait years to drop off my film and pick Whoa, up the pictures. you're yes. wild. I kid you not. Oh, I could not wait. I got the second uh, roll is full. Straight, I went straight to Fred Myers. That's really? the uh, Pacific Northwest grocery chain. Shout out to Fred Myers lovers. Go straight to Fred Myers, drop it off, and I'd be like, I'd be just desperate to get it back. Oh, yeah. My sister has Fred Myers also, where oh, she lives in Arizona. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. I was going to say Arizona, Idaho, Washington, yeah, yeah. Oregon, you know. Mm-hmm. But I loved it. And my first time living abroad um, for a study abroad, I was 20. And I think I waited until I was 25 to develop any film from that. That's wild. Isn't it? <laughs> How do you wait And then that I long? looked at all the pictures and I was like, this is so fun. It's so great to see. I remember that person. Ugh, I remember that that's thing. That's so cool. Ugh. Plus, I've yeah. also been seeing just sort of a resurgence. Those cute little baby Gen Zers who love 90s so much are getting into disposable cameras, which I like, I love it. I'm seeing like disposable cameras at weddings and stuff. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm all, all about it. Yeah. So, Alexandra, that's a great yeah. idea. You know, as much as I loved seeing my extended family in this episode, as much as I loved it, I do have those regrets of not multitasking, yeah. not taking my phone out the whole time. I wish that I would have taken at least a couple photos during I'm that sorry. day. Um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. I mean, I'll always hold on to the memories, or hopefully I will if my brain lets me. But, yeah, <laughs> I, I will next time. Maybe I'll bring a little camera of some sort with me. Yes. All right, let's move on. Sarah has this to say to Kristen. I think your friends may have forgotten the musical you saw because they still live in Minnesota and have lots of newer memories and experiences there. For you, the rarity of being there and the novelty of the time with those friends makes it easier for that memory to stand out. Sarah, that is such a, such good point. a great observation. Yeah, that makes so much sense because at the time you could hear in my audio diary... I, w- I was in such disbelief. Like, how could you forget this? Mm-hmm. This was one of the greatest artistic theatrical moments of our lives. How could you forget this? We are seeing our idol on stage. What is going on? Are you guys punking me? Right. You, you got to be punking me. Right. No, but, I know the feeling. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's true. They live in Minnesota every single day. They are not coming there for four days once every three years. Right. You know, they see each other all the time without me. So it's not like it's special to, you know, see each other. For me, it is. So why would that stand out? For them, it's another day in Minnesota in a lot of ways. Even though we were seeing an idol, it's still their neighborhood, essentially. Right, yeah. Um, and Holly so. had this to add about the whole friends forgetting situation. Holly says, Kristen, your friends may not have remembered that special night seeing Melissa Gilbert on stage, but they remember the feeling of being young and close with you, and that part matters. As I see it, enjoying things in the moment matters, even if you forget about it later. You may not remember going to plays, concerts, specific walks with people, but it all helps build the connections and relationships that do matter. I love that point. It reminds me of something my brother-in-law once said to me. Um, We went to Disneyland with my niece and nephew, and I love my niece and nephew, and I love Disneyland. But at the time, I also could not believe how expensive it was for all of us, and I just thought, oh, my gosh, all of these long lines Mm -hmm. and all of this money for something that the kids will probably never remember because they're just too young. And my (laughs) brother-in-law said, it doesn't matter if they remember 
they are living in the moment and they have this moment and they have it with you. Right. And this is part of their relationship with you. Right. And this is part of living happily on this earth. So at least you'll have the memory. And if they don't, that's totally fine. And I thought that was such a Zen way to look at things. So hats off to my brother-in-law for that point of view. And and to Holly. Yes, yes Holly. Like, that's right. Yeah. They may not remember going on the teacups with you, but they remember that good feeling deep down and they associate it with you somehow. And so it helps like foster that connection. And those connections matter regardless of the exact memory. Yeah. So thanks, Holly. Mm-hmm. Thank you. But Jolenta, we need to get to this letter for you from Tony. Mm-hmm. Tony says... I'm a chronic multitasker. I know Mike Biking does not approve, but honestly, I actually find it helps me remember things because if my ADHD brain is understimulated, it will go somewhere else. Think, always knitting, reading while listening to something, doodling, etc. I try not to have my phone out with my friends, though. However, in the episode, Brad kept the TV on when Jolenta was doing this step. This is so familiar to me. I find the TV overstimulating sometimes, whereas my husband prefers it and will ask to keep the TV on. I was hoping Jolenta would talk about the interaction between her ADHD experience and the concept of multitasking. Would you be comfortable sharing some thoughts, Jolenta? Of course. I um, also find the idea of like multitasking to be a bit helpful for me, but I realize I may not actually be multitasking. I think what I do is like task hopping. Usually I'll have like two things going at once. And I do think having the TV on does help me stay a bit more focused. It can be one of those activities that I like jump back and forth between. So sometimes I'll be paying attention to the TV, and then that will almost remind me, oh, right, pay attention to your work, and then I'll pay attention to my work, and then I'll need a little break, and then I'll pay attention to the TV. I do often rewind a lot of the things I'm watching, because when I am working, I usually am not actually multitasking, as in, like, taking in what's on TV, but I do like it on as something to help sort of channel where my distracted mind might otherwise go. Interesting. And you know, my brain is so different, Jolenta, as you know, I cannot. If I am writing, those are other words that are interfering with the words I'm trying to write. They're words coming out of people's mouths on TV or whatnot. And um, I'm always amazed by people who listen to podcasts and write. I'm like, how are you writing and listening to a podcast at the same time? But clearly our brains are wired very differently. I mean, I understand what you're talking about in terms of like numbers. Like if I'm trying to write a number and someone's counting, that'll totally, I'm like, I can't, I can't. (laughs) But with words, apparently, they can just go right through me. That's amazing. That's a superpower. Whoa. Thank you. All right, let's move on to this question for both of us from Cameron. She says, Kristen and Jolenta, the most recent episode came at an interesting time in my life. I have had an eventful year, which has involved a lot of life changes. I graduated college, got my first full-time job, and I'm living alone in a completely new city. Also, this year, two of my grandparents passed away, both of whom I loved dearly and one of whom I was especially close with. I'm curious whether the book speaks to either of these situations. In particular, does it talk about making memories on your own? It seemed a lot of steps were focused on creating memories with others. Also, does it talk at all about grief or remembering loved ones? 
I got to say, first of all, congratulations, Cameron, on all of these big steps you've taken for yourself, graduating from college, mm-hmm. moving to a new city that can be incredibly scary, but also a huge achievement, uh, getting that first full-time job. So congratulations on all of that. Um, and also condolences, because um, you know it, it's terrible so losing loved ones, especially when you're really close with one of them. So um, I'm, I'm very sorry about those losses, but also incredibly um, proud of you and cheering for you for those other good things in life. So that's first and foremost. I just want to get that out of the way. Second of all, as for your questions, um, let's talk about mourning people and what the book has to say about that, Jolenta. Well, Kristen and I don't remember anything super, super specific about loss, but the book talks about the importance of telling stories and how, whether it's mementos of loved ones that help remind us of stories or photos or just maybe journaling about those stories, telling the stories to other family members, hearing their stories, there's a lot of power with stories. And through those stories, we help remember the highlights and the struggles, both of which are meaningful. So I guess try to be a storyteller for for the legacy of your grandparents, and that will help keep those memories fresh and alive and like bringing you joy, I hope. Yeah. And and again, ask those around you for stories. Right. Yeah. Because they may remember things that you don't, things from before your time, things that might make you laugh or see your grandparents in fresh new ways that make them more alive than they were before mm-hmm. you knew those stories yeah. and help you see them as more fully formed people as opposed to just your grandparents. Right, like, right, yeah. Um, I'll, I'll say, for example, when I was a kid, I used to love asking my Nana about what her dating life was like when she was younger. Oh, my gosh, yes. I loved asking her about the first time she got drunk. I love – um, you know, all of those things. And when I gave the eulogy at my nana's funeral and at my mom's funeral, I had all of those stories that I told. And then people came up to me at both funerals afterwards and said, thank you for those stories because we didn't know those. And it was so nice to think of your mom as a teenager sneaking out of the house to see the Beatles. I did not know that story. Or it was fun to hear about Nana hitchhiking when she was a kid. And so, yeah, and anything you can do to get those stories out of others, or if you can get copies of the eulogies that were read at their funerals. A lot of people asked me for the eulogies after mm-hmm. my mom and my Nana's funerals. And people said they would read over those and Aww. in the months after the deaths, it made them feel comforted. So That's so sweet. You must be a really good eulogy writer, too. <laughs> No, I think I just, I I was very nosy and knew a lot of stories because I asked a lot of nosy questions. Well, there you go. Get those stories. (laughs) Yes. As for your other question about um, creating memories alone or with others, I would say that the book really stresses the importance of relationships, but it doesn't say that you should only create memories with other people. Mm -hmm. Jolenta, you and I chose to create a lot of memories with other people for our own sake, but that doesn't mean the book says to only right. do that, not by any means. Part of the reason we do it with other people is because it makes it like more fun for you guys to listen to. Oh, yeah. Way better listening than me by no, myself. Like, I sat by myself and <laughs> thought about this. Like, you guys don't want to hear that. <laughs> yeah, I would say like any of the advice applies. Like a lot of memories can be made in nature, like exploring your new location, going on walks, not even in nature, just outside. Um, Mm -hmm. Also, the book talks a lot about the power of firsts and how those are important memories. And you're going through a lot of those. And so 
just sort of knowing like, this is the first time I'm going to do this. Like, I'll probably remember this forever. Like, make things fun for yourself. Treat yourself. Help make those things memorable, like, on your own. I have plenty of happy first memories. Yeah. I'm like, my first memory of, like, driving a car by myself, great. Totally alone. Was it? That sounds scary. Oh, I loved it. <laughs> Couldn't wait to be free. <laughs> And, um, yeah, you can create them all the time. Like, just last week, I decided on a whim and not in shape to sign up for a charitable 10K for elephant conservation. Oh, my God. I saw the pictures. I know. Isn't that crazy? I was I'm so like, impressed. I was like, what? Christian did a 10K? Who is this? <laughs> I just did it on a whim. And um, I'll always have great memories of that. I mean, Dean showed up in the end to cheer for me and take photos. And and that was wonderful. Mm-hmm. But the vast majority of that hour and seven minutes was just you me by myself, thing. right? And also, um, Brad has the whole thing because his weekends are different than ours because he wants to bring you the news Monday. So he works Sunday. So he's off mm-hmm. Friday and Saturday. And often on Fridays, like if I'm working, like most of the world, he'll go on little adventures by himself and he calls it Bradder Day. Oh, I think we've talked about so this great. before, maybe. Yes. Yeah, and it's like, you know, he's like, I decided to ride my bike to this place I've always wanted to go and, like, eat their signature thing I always wanted to try. And he he finds those quite memorable and, like, will take pictures, take selfies. Like, he loves documenting them and remembering his bradder days for years to come. <laughs> go Brad. Nice. Very, very nice. Um yeah, there's tons of things you can do by yourself. And some of my favorite things I've done by myself have, you know, been like recently I took a bird watching class by myself. Um, when I've had to go on business trips by myself, I oftentimes try to make new memories just by having conversations with strangers or by mapping out a little walking tour for myself or coming up with what are the top three foods that everybody should eat in the city and then Whoa. searching for those foods, you know? I love it. Um, let's see. We have one last question for both of us. Danielle says, Kristen and Jolenta. I don't know if I misheard it, but I think one step mentioned sharing embarrassing memories to make them lose their power. There are a lot of memories I would like to lose their power, not just embarrassing ones. Does the book provide any additional tips for memory erasure? (laughs) No, Danielle, it doesn't. I wish it did. You just have to go into that movie, Eternal Sunshine for the Spotless Mind, and they'll take care of it for you. That's all you have to do. Yeah, I wish. (laughs) Yeah, I think we have to do all that, like, sort of reframing and, like, talking about it to help them lose their power still. We can't just, I wish we could snap our fingers and be like, you shitty memory, go away forever. (laughs) But the retelling really is powerful. Whether it's to a friend or in therapy. Yes, or on a stand-up comedian stage. Like so many people I know, like you, Jolenta, who do professional storytelling, a lot of why they got into it is to laugh at themselves first and gradually take that power away of whatever that silly thing is that you did that you were mortified by. That's why so many storytelling stories are about, like, peeing and pooing your pants. So many. (laughs) So many. They are. And one of my friends, by the way, who is a therapist and primarily works with veterans of war, Um, she actually says she does the same thing with her patients, which is the more they tell their stories, the less power they have. Mm -hmm. And that's one reason why those of us in therapy, we kind of are asked to tell the same stories again over over and over over again. Tell me about your childhood. Tell me about how that felt. Tell me about specifically what happened in that moment. And as we tell the stories over and over again, they do for a lot of us 
feel less traumatizing. I'm not a medical professional here. I can't say what everybody else out there should do. But for a lot of us and for a lot of therapeutic methodologies, it it does work to just retell and retell and retell those stories until they don't feel like that terrible thing that's haunting us in the back of the closet. It's just like some dust that's sitting in the living room that's just there. It's like, whatever. It's just like dust in my living room. (laughs) Sweep it up later. Yeah, we'll get rid of it. But yeah, it's not haunting you like that skeleton. Yeah. We are going to take one more quick break. But when we come back, we're going to hear from some of you about the smells and tastes that bring back all the memories. And we'll announce next week's book. Ready for a new and exciting career challenge? At DHL Supply Chain, you're part of a team committed to creating innovative solutions for some of the biggest brands in the world. We're recognized as a best place to work, where people are valued, supported, and respected. DHL Supply Chain is hiring for a wide range of salaried operational and functional roles. Previous experience in logistics is welcome, but not required. All opportunities, no boundaries. DHL Supply Chain. Apply today at joindhl.com. Rev up your thrills this summer at Cedar Point on the all-new Top Thrill 2. Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch vertical speedway. And it's your last chance to get more fun for less with our limited-time bundle for just $49.99. Get admission, parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because this limited-time bundle ends June 30th. Save now at cedarpoint.com. are back. And now, oh my gosh, I love these stories so much. They're from all of you out there about some of the smells and tastes that bring back memories for you. And just reading over these notes from all of you, I could viscerally feel these memories. Oh, for sure. Yes. Let's get into all the smells. Um, Rachel says, I don't like scented products, but the first time I used Batiste dry shampoo, I was immediately transported back to my great-grandma's bathroom. I have no way of knowing what hair products she used in the 90s, but that smell was definitely the one in my memory. Oh, my gosh. Uh. Rachel, just reading this made me think of my nana and the smell of her bathroom. Right. She always bought whatever hairspray was on sale, but it was usually Rave because Rave was almost always like 99 cents. Mm. Just anytime I smell it, I think of my nana. That and um, certain colognes she wore back in the day, like Beautiful by Estee Lauder. I was going to say Estee Lauder. (laughs) Yes. My grandma's. Grandma's used to love that Estee Lauder. still rocking it. Nice. Go Go Mary Lou. Yeah. No, I totally know. Like (laughs) my mom smells like a Veda hairspray. The same kind she's been using since the brand began, and like loose yeah, powder, Minnesota. loose powder. Yes, like that's the smell of her bathroom. <laughs> I love it. Jamie says I used a kerosene heater for the first time last winter and was surprised that the smell so strongly reminded me of the museum in my hometown. I haven't even been there in twenty years. Okay, question: Why is there kerosene in your museum? What kind of museum is this? But it was an old hometown museum. We don't know. We don't know. I like it. I like it too, but is kerosene something that was used to heat museums in the olden days? Or maybe they just had like space heaters going. Oh, that would make sense. Oh, I bet. Yeah, okay. probably. If it maybe if it was in an old building too, I bet maybe the like employees had a lot of space heaters going and then all of a sudden. 
Yeah. 20 years okay. later, Jamie's transported. Wow. Ugh, that is so fun when something can take you back that far and you didn't even know you had the memory. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was, I don't know what I was, u- I was using some like, I like a pencil or something, but somehow I was like, this smells like the cafeteria at my theater camp. And I was like, whoa. Wow. I, I love, I love those moments. Um, Cherie says, here's a weird one from me. Febreze smells very unclean to me. Febreze was new when I went to basic training, boot camp for the army, and many of the other young soldiers decided it would be a good idea to bring a bottle of it to a field exercise during which we wouldn't have access to showers for several days in August in Missouri. They used it like body spray, but we were all just too dirty and sweaty for the Febreze to have any hope of keeping up. Now even the smell of Febreze alone smells like dirty and gross to me. Oh, man. Oh, sure. I don't even want to imagine what that smell mixed with Febreze smells like. I once had to clean out a bunch of yoga blankets at the theater I worked for and to clean, aka we just sprayed them the shit out of Febreze and that was nasty. So I can't imagine what like days of human B.O. like mixed with Febreze. Oh my gosh. I'm so sorry that you ever have to smell Febreze again, Shree. Oh my God. And you can't really escape it because like... It's everywhere. Yes, yes. They have trash bags scented like Febreze. Yes. Um, Going into laundromats, going into like all sorts of situations. Um, So, ooh, Shree. Man, I don't know. I hope you have some good memories from that basic training that come yeah. back and not just Not bad just ones, the bad so. Febreze one. <laughs> Yes, I hope so. Oh, man. (sighs) Well, thank you to everyone who wrote in this week. Uh, Reminder, you can always share your thoughts and stories with us on our private Facebook community, which is at facebook.com slash groups slash BTB pod. And now, Jolenta, and now, listeners, it is time. Of course. It is the time when we announce our next next week's book. Our, Our next, next book, book is... Just kidding. That's the end of the season. There's no more books in season 10. That was eight. <laughs> Sorry. We have but, to do it. We do it every time. We do. We do. But that does not mean the season is really over. We have loads of bonus episodes that will be hitting your feed every other week including our season 10 wrap-up, including our husband's episode. We have so much good stuff that's still coming your way. Mm -hmm. And we will have a very big announcement coming to you in one of those episodes as well. So you need to stay tuned for that very, very large surprise. Don't miss it. Yeah, you don't want to miss it. Mm Mm-mm. And that's it for this mini episode of By the Book. Huge thank you to our amazing production team. We could never forget about them. Over at Stitcher, uh, Nora Ritchie, Corinne Wallace, and Marcus Hom. 
Thanks also to Nate Wida, the composer of our theme song, and thank you to the Rizzos, the performers of our theme song. Please stay in touch. Let us know if you've read The Art of Making Memories. Our email address is kristenandjolenta at gmail.com. You can also tweet us at jolentag, at kristenmeinzer, or at bythebookpod. And be sure to also follow us on Instagram. That's at bythebookpod. And don't forget to rate us and review us wherever you're listening. Right this second in your pod player. You can look down, hit five stars. It helps other people find the show. And we want to find everyone. And if you haven't already, tell a friend about the show, because who doesn't love word of mouth? No one. (laughs) Until next time, I'm Jolanta Greenberg. And I'm Kristen Meinzer. Thank you so much for listening. Bye-bye. Stitcher. Rev up your thrills this summer at Cedar Point on the all-new Top Thrill 2. Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch vertical speedway. And it's your last chance to get more fun for less with our limited-time bundle for just $49.99. Get admission, parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because this limited-time bundle ends June 30th. Save now at cedarpoint.com.